glow getters hello my babies it's been a little while happy post holidays um <clears throat> i hope that you guys had a fulfilling holiday season whatever you whatever you celebrate if you celebrate or even if you just spent time with family and friends and and i think we all use that time of year to really like reconnect or try to anyways. Um, I understand also that it's a very difficult time of year for a lot of people and it was difficult for me too in its own way. Um, I'm in a new city. I am <clears throat> in a new, oh my goodness, my scissors just fell right out of the <laughs> holder. Goodness. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm in a new city. Um, I don't know anybody. Uh, <laughs> Feeling really lonely after being in one place for so long and having developed such cool relationships and and really feeling like I have found so many members of my tribe. Um, and like Zoom is cool and I love that I get to work with a team of women who are amazing. Shout out mind and body. Um, I love them all dearly and yes, talking to my best friend every day via voice message is great and I have my partner here and he's wonderful and there's a lot of healing and fulfillment that we're getting out of our relationship but it still can get lonely and that can be depressing and, and sad. Um... And so I have taken some time to really just be with myself in the last couple of weeks. Uh, today feels like a heavier day than I've been having. I've been having a ton of like spiritual downloads and um, a lot of like third eye crown chakra activation going on. Um, I have come up with some really cool plans for this podcast and like some series that I want to start working through. Um, so before the end of January, we will start the chakra series. I'm going to do an episode on each chakra individually and how we can <clears throat> start uh, reflecting on them, how we can get them rebalanced, why it matters, uh, you know, even like little tools we can use as far as meditation or visualizations or using crystals, um, that kind of thing. So uh, I have some really fun plans for the show, but, but what doing all of this reflection has brought me to and has me wanting to, to discuss with you all is actually the, one of the other <laughs> pieces of ourselves. So last time, we talked about shadow work. Um, who is the shadow? What is the shadow? What does it mean? How does it show up? Why does it matter? And and what do I quote unquote do about it, right? I really, something I wanted to clarify because I think when we can get into this inner work, we can get very masculine. Uh, and what I mean by masculine is we get hooked up around <clears throat> The doing of the thing and so like okay great now that i know this stuff what do i do to make it better and i want you guys to really understand that i'm not here to make it better 
Um, yes, I am a healer, but I'm not here to help you make it better. There is no bettering that needs to be done. I'm going to say that again for whoever needs to hear it again. There is no bettering that needs to be done. Just healing to be had. And so whenever we get to that part of like, what do I do about it? You know, or I got a lot of like, I, you guys loved the episode, but I got a lot of response back. Like I have a lot of work to do. And it's like, yes, but that is the journey of life. <laughs> Our whole journey here, my whole time on this earth, I will be healing my shadow because I spent too long. And this is just how most of us are at this point. If you're an adult, if you're walking around in an adult body on this planet, you have developed trauma. And at some point in time, some part of you has been pushed back and and muted and silenced. And so when we talk about like the reintegration of shadow work and your inner child and all these different parts of ourselves, we are also regulating, we're re-regulating our nervous system. We are reteaching our brain how to respond to behaviors, like on a chemical level, you guys, if you consider the science, <laughs> the scientific responses that we are requesting of the body when we're doing this healing work, we can't be so masculine about it. We can't be so rigid and so like, okay, I'm going to do step A, B, and C, and then I should be good, and then I can move on to the next part of the alphabet. You might have to go back to step B five times, and then do C, and then go back to A, and then do A, B, and C in order, and then sometimes you end up skipping B and going straight to C, and then you're like, ah, man, now I got to go back to A and try it again. <laughs> so like... I really just wanted, I felt really called before we moved any further in this episode because it's such a tender episode as well. Um, like, I am I may cry today, uh, like really actually cry with you guys today, um, just because it's a, it's a sensitive topic. And so I want to remind everyone, everyone, um, that first of all, if you are here you're choosing to be here and you don't have to participate in a discussion that you are not ready for. And so if any of this is triggering, please allow yourself to press pause, to save this for later, whatever you need. Um, but also if you're here and you're willing to have this discussion and you're ready, then we get to have an enormous amount of grace with ourselves when we start having these discussions um, because there's a lot of complex emotion that comes with working through these things. And, uh, you know, something we'll have an episode about probably later this week is like integration depression. When you start to reintegrate all these parts of yourselves that you have found or that have been silenced or that have been hidden away, there's a different kind of depression that comes with that. And it's not, you know, I something my friend and I were talking about is like, I don't want to feel sad. And so my body is trying so hard not to feel sad because of what the next step after sad is. But my nervous system has gotten so used to going from sad to depressed that like, I'm like, okay, but let's feel the sadness because we need to feel that. And we get to feel that without going to depression right? That'll be an episode for later, but um, that does carry me into today's episode, which is 
for me and and I think for the majority of the clients I have, the majority of people in my life um, that I witness, that I don't necessarily coach or heal, right? Um, <clears throat> and then on a collective level, of course, we could always see how how this really plays out. But the inner child is one of the most wounded and one of the most magical parts of ourselves. And I really wanted to take today to dive into what it looks like. All of these things we talked about with our shadow, but with our inner child, right? What is it? Who is it? How does it show up? Why does it matter? And what's the work? What If I want to heal this, this part of me, if I really am dedicated to the personal development journey of healing this, what do I do? Where do I start? Just even where do I start? Because the what do you do is going to change. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, <clears throat> my inner child, so I know I told you guys last episode, I have a name for a lot of my my personalities. <laughs> um, and my inner child's name is just Baby Des, actually. Baby Des. Um, sometimes I call her Boo Boo. That was my, that is my nickname. My parents still call me that. Um, but like my dad and my mom specifically. So for those of you who haven't been listening from the beginning or don't know, I have four parents. <laughs> I have a mom and a stepdad and then a stepmom and a dad. So, um, lucky me, but my mom and my dad are the two who call me Boo Boo, like Boo Boo with the dash in the middle. <laughs> um, the other two will call me Boo and then like some of my, my other family members will call me Boo and stuff, but, but my mom and my dad call me Boo Boo. So I will refer to my inner child as Boo Boo as well. Um, so baby does, man, hmm. <laughs> What is our inner child? Who is it, right? It's Those are two in the same. One in the same. Two in the same. Uh, you guys, one thing about spiritual downloads is that when you come back down to earth, words can get, you can find new words. Like there's all these new words in my vocabulary, but then also uh, they get mixed up quite easily in your brain because of, Again, the reintegration that's happening. Okay, back to inner child. <laughs> um, your inner child is obviously your inner self when you were a child. So something I, I personally believe, um, just in, again, what I've witnessed and what I've helped coach clients through and help them heal through is that we have actually multiple inner childs. There are multiple stages of childhood that we get stuck at due to a certain trauma, whether or not we can identify it. And <clears throat> we have to go, when we start to go through the healing, we get to go back to each stage, each age that we were at 
when the trauma occurred to regather that part of our inner child. So I want you to think of yourself as like a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 17-year-old, all of that. All of those people, all of those versions of you are one facet of your inner child, right? I think that the inner child is one of the most comprehensive pieces of us, actually, because technically I would consider myself still a child (laughs) because in the grand scheme of things, as far as like lessons go and everything, uh, there's a lot for me to learn still, right? Um, I have a lot of natural curiosity about me still that is very childlike. Um, and that that manifests itself in my ADD for sure. Um, I have some difficulties with some of these disorders that we have labeled as a society because I think that they just represent unhealed parts of ourselves or or the parts of ourselves that we don't know how to describe. And I oftentimes, you know, see people who've been diagnosed or undiagnosed with ADD or ADHD, and I'm just like, no, that's just like their inner child expressing itself. What? <laughs> They never got the chance to be that way when they were three. So now they're 23 and need to act this way. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, when we're 23, we also need to take some self-responsibility and understand that it's no one else's work to heal but ours. Um, However, I think that the inner child can be a little more difficult for people to pinpoint because they think that it's limited to this, a very baby, an infant slash baby slash toddler uh, age range. Uh, like a lot of people, when they when you talk with them about their inner child, the oldest I've ever heard any any of my clients, like when I, this is a question I ask when we, when they want to do spiritual work, <clears throat> one of the questions I ask is, okay, How old is your inner child? Because I want to gauge where they think (laughs) their inner child is stuck. But what it also tells me is that that is the age that they felt like they had to take on something beyond their responsibility that was of an adult. And so this is really important. Every age that you are stuck at, that you've been traumatized at, and you have to go back and recollect that part of you, each age represents a point in time where we felt like we had to take on adult responsibilities, but we weren't prepared to do that yet because for some of us, it was our first time here. For most of us, we just don't remember the last time we were here. And so (laughs) it's like being here all over again, brand new, you know, we don't quite have the skills to manipulate and, and manifest our 3D world the way that adults have learned how to when we are children, we are magic in our own way as children. Um, But one of the ways that this shows up is that if someone says to me, that they think that their inner child is stuck at age six, like that's the most likely, 
that they're stuck at. That says to me that they haven't felt like a child ever again since they were six years old. Now, for some people, it's earlier. For some people, it's later. And like I said, what we find out later is that, like, you actually have a bunch of inner children. <laughs> you have inner children, not just one. Uh, but those collective, those versions of you add up to the collective of your soul today, right now. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm also recovering from a cold, guys. So um, if I sound a little raspy or anything, that's why. And I'm going to actually take a sip of water here. Um, I feel way better, though, for sure. I'm super glad. I took like three days out of the gym or something. Yeah, three days, probably four days total of like resting. Because that day before, I had just done some cardio and stuff, so. Definitely needed it. It was worth it. All right, let me take a sip of water. Chug break. All right, we're back. <laughs> so this is one of the ways that our inner child shows up, right? Is is when, when I get the answer to that question, at what age do you think your inner child is the most stuck at? That tells me that's when you felt the most triggered to become a quote-unquote adult. And that probably since then, you haven't really experienced any childlike happiness. And the, there's a reason that this is so important, which we're going to get into in a minute. But but um, the typically, the earlier you can remember... <laughs> the earlier that age is going to be, right? So some people really can't remember anything earlier than five or six years old. Um, I remember as far back as when I was one and a half years old. <laughs> and therapists, the collective consensus of all the therapists I've ever seen have said that that just means there was a lot of traumatizing things happening around me at that age. Um, which there were, but I, I believe also that, um, because, you know, we don't just take the psychological and the science, but it's like also what, what spiritual, how does this translate spiritually, right? Um, I know, I know that my soul made a contract to come back and learn a lot of stuff. I know that she had big ambitions this time around and there was going to be a lot to heal from and in order to heal from it I was going to have to be able to go back and get some of those memories that's not to say I have them all um in fact something I have learned recently kind of recently in the last couple of months is that I have some repressed memories of of some trauma um and so that's been cool because it's during a time that I, uh, it was around the age of two, two to three. So it's during a time that I have a lot of memories. Um, it's just that a lot of my memories around that time are pretty happy for me as the child. Um, and that's my brain's way of protecting me, right? So now I'm doing the conscious work of like <clears throat> noticing what behaviors have stemmed from that trauma and, uh, and what needs to be healed, how that shows up in like my current relationships. Um, it's new insight to these behaviors that I always thought I was just stubborn about, right? Like 
my need to make things pretty and smooth things over and be like the good child. And also I'm the oldest girl, so there's that added pressure. But <laughs> uh, for those of us that have seen Encanto, I am Louisa and for sure lost my shit when when Louisa came on with her little song. I was just bawling. I was like, ah, that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've always felt this pressure to like make things okay and and smooth things over for my parents and like be the good kid, you know. And um, this recent <clears throat> insight, memory, information that I've gathered in being around family again, has um, really opened up the door to how I perceive my own, my own um, limiting behaviors and beliefs now. So like, this is what's cool about honoring the fact that we have so many different inner children is because, because I've done that within myself already, I already believe that and, and I'm able to hold space for them <clears throat> I can see that like just because I've not healed this one trauma doesn't negate my other healed um healed traumas like and and when I say healed you guys that's also just kind of uh, it's the best word I have for it right now but like we're never fully healed you know healing is a daily journey and we get to choose it every day. And some days you can take a day off also. Want to give us a pause and permission? Remember I said we were going to be graceful with ourselves about this? You always have the opportunity to take a break. And you can hit pause on your journey for a couple of days. Because this stuff gets heavy. And there are things... <clears throat> I think no matter how great your memory is as a child, there are things you do forget. Because again, hello, your brain is trying to protect you. Your brain is going to help you survive not thrive period and if that means blacking out traumatizing memories then that's what it's going to do i digress <laughs> so um but not letting that get in the way of like, it's not like, oh man, I thought I did all this healing and now I have to go all the way back to when I was two years old and deal with this and then do everything over again. No, <laughs> you can you can heal the 17-year-old you, the 11-year-old you, and the 8-year-old you a little bit at a time all at once. And then if four-year-old you remembers something, you can go back and, and sit there with her too. Um, but really, you know, <laughs> as far as like, how does your inner child show up? I think it's pretty easy in the sense that we can pinpoint it in our childhood memories. Whatever fond happy, joyous, sad, angry, dark, any memories you have from childhood, those are all representative of your inner children. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I had already kind of started, I wanted to finish that one thought, <laughs> how it shows up before we got into why does it matter? which is what I started going down the road. Um, I was like, wait, pause. <laughs> so
So <clears throat> hmm, let me take a sip of water before I start this part because <clears throat> my throat is dry again. Okay, great. <clears throat> so everything we know about relationships is <clears throat> is learned as a child. <clears throat> a lot of our ways of making friends and interacting with um in particular people of the same gender, but I think just overall, when it comes to like platonic relationships, um, a lot of that is rooted in our relationship with our parents. Our parents are our guides to relationships when we come into this world. And whether or not we've been here multiple times before, we still can only, we are still only coming here as children. And so we are very we are heavily dependent on them to, to navigate this world, right? And when we are getting older, uh, moving out of the house, starting to experience uh, quote-unquote failed, I hate the word failed, um, but starting to experience just different relationships, different uh, friendships, different romantic relationships, different kinds of relationships with coworkers, bosses, these kinds of things. A lot of our communication style comes back to how we were with our parents. And in order to remember how, how our communication was with them and where we might have ever felt silenced or negated or neglected or insert here whatever feeling it was caught that was caused if we can go back to that age then like I said earlier we can kind of collect that piece of our soul and do the work we need to as adults to take the responsibility of healing that um I don't believe in like any certain age really that we're an adult or not like 18 is what the world has decided right or at least america um <laughs> but but i do believe that we get to a certain point and it's no longer anyone else's responsibility to he to help you heal that for sure i think if your parents have access to therapy or to whatever you're asking their help with and you're actually being neglected that's a whole other thing okay but we're just talking about like if you didn't know how to ask i had an angel in my life i know that my stepmother was one of my angels because she was an rn with a specialty in with a specialty in mental health Oof, my t's were getting caught up there um and so she worked with mentally ill um she's worked in like several different settings that just focus on mental health when she came into my life she knew pretty early on that there were some things that needed to be addressed and i was i started therapy at the age of eight <laughs> i've been in and out of therapy since i was eight years old 
we did family therapy. I did some with my parents, one of my parents, but the other one of my parents, I did some by myself. I did a lot by myself as an adult. Um, I've done some with my partner. Like therapy is, I listen, <laughs> I will tell someone to <laughs> my clients know I have no shame about being like, so have you considered talking to a therapist? Because even though I'm a coach and I am a healer, this, this goes beyond what I do. <laughs> and there are, there are modalities of therapy, um, like the Gottman method or behavior based therapy or emotional based therapy that is very important. Even traditional talk therapy, um, it's important they give you behaviors and they give you tools to use to really help you manage when these emotions come up and we don't know how to deal with them and start reclaiming those parts of yourself, whether it's your shadow, your inner child. Um, <clears throat> I like to call one of mine my badass bitch because she's like me, but she's also my ego, but she's then my ego that's very empathetic and like would never actually hurt anyone. But the air of her is very royal. Uh, we'll talk about that one day, <laughs> probably someday soon, pretty soon. But, um, you know, we have all these different parts of ourselves and even traditional talk therapy gives you the tools um, as far as journaling and being aware of the self to help you collect all these parts of yourselves and heal this part of yourself without anyone else. You don't need anyone else to give you closure. And that also plays a part in why this matters because you don't need someone's apology to give you closure. Uh, I think a lot of people's healing can get stuck on, but they did this and they did this and like, Something, a meme I've been seeing going around lately, and I'm probably not going to get it, like, perfect, but the the air of the message is everyone talks about cutting people off when they're triggering you, when they're overstepping their boundaries. No one talks about how painful it is to actually hold that boundary. And that is why this matters, because Boundaries, learning how to set and hold boundaries is done when we are a child. I'm talking about like when we're two, three, four, even earlier than that. But you can start like easily at two, three and four, because by then most kids can communicate with you pretty well. Um, and that matters because we will continue every relationship in our life, blaming the other person and also people pleasing. So like we will people please and people please and people please and overextend and give it away and give it away. And then when it doesn't work out, we blame them because it couldn't dare be me. It couldn't be me because I gave it everything I had. But you don't have any clear sense of boundaries because you didn't learn them from your father or your mother. And that's because they probably didn't have the tools to establish them when you were a child. And so even boundaries were traumatizing for a lot of us as children because we would just get spanked or we would just get, you know, immediately punished. Like it'd go from zero to 100. Like there was no, you know, I know for me, my parents were really strict with me. And that just comes, you know, as we know, that comes with like the family hierarchy of being the oldest. Um 
But also, they were younger when they had me. My mom was, let's see, 21, 20, going on 21. My dad was 24. Um, it wasn't, they didn't have the healthiest relationship within themselves. And so then it just, they had a lot of growing to do still on their own. They had a lot of growing to still do on their own. And they didn't have a way, neither one of them could set healthy boundaries in any of their adult relationships. They couldn't set healthy boundaries with me. No matter how hard they tried, they did their best. And listen, my parents did a great job. I don't blame any of my parents for anything. Um, again, at some point, I get to be the master of my reality. And I get to take responsibility for the self and really lean into what it looks like to heal whether or not they ever acknowledge something that happened, whether or not they ever know about something that happened, whether or not they ever know that something would have hurt my feelings. I've been lucky enough to be able to have conversations with my parents about the things that I have found, but not everyone can. And, um, you know, even as I get older, I'm like, I'm realizing when I talk to my parents about it, I don't need an apology. I'm not looking for their apology. I'm just, I just want to talk to them about it. And, for me, it's really important that before they leave this earth physically, that um, that we've healed a lot of the trauma because a lot of stuff stops here. <laughs> like I know a lot of people say that, right? And like they've, I think every generation before us has tried to say that, but really, the shit stops here. The generational traumas, the the unconscious neglectful behaviors, it stops here. It stops here. And I'm not saying I'm going to be fully healed before if and when I have my own children, but for sure it's going to be a lot better than the last time around. And I think that's every parent's wish. Um, but I think we may be the first successful generation in really doing that. And by we, I mean anybody born after like 1985. Between 1985 and 2000, you're probably doing pretty good. Uh, and I encourage you to keep going on your little healing journey. Not little, it's huge. It's lifetime, whatever. Uh, but keep going along your personal healing journey. That's what I mean by little is personal your personal healing journey. Um, and don't let anyone push you into having children because you know when you're ready for a child. I digress. Moving on. <laughs> um, but that's why it matters. There's so many reasons why it matters. And this is what I mean by like, I think that our inner child is our most comprehensive, one of our most comprehensive parts of self because we really can take back so much power um, so much of what we believe about our self-image, uh, the way we talk about our body to ourselves, the way we discuss our mind, the way that we um, can or cannot be intimate with certain people. Um, my, as I've healed, this is so cool. This is so cool. I'm so excited to, to share this with you guys. So... <clears throat> My best friend told me maybe like two-ish years ago now, 
maybe a year and a half-ish ago. Who knows? Time is an illusion. Anyways, um, <laughs> she told me pretty recently, though, something that will probably always stick with me. She's like, I don't know what's happened, but something happened recently, and we've just been able to have a much more intimate relationship. And... Oh, I'm gonna cry. I told you guys. <laughs> and whatever you did, I'm grateful that you've done it, Desiree, because now we can talk about these things and I don't have to feel so worried that you're gonna get mad. She's like in a I you know, I've always trusted that, like, you would hold space for me, but really, I really do believe that now. And so thank you. It's been really nice to be able to get this intimate with someone. And I feel that about her, too. Like, I've never, I've never had such a close relationship with another woman who... I wasn't related to. <laughs> um, and, and I definitely, she is the closest uh, feminine bond I have in the world, in the whole world, in, in all of the ones that I have. Um, she's the closest, for sure. Absolutely, hands down. Um, Camilla is, is, is a light in my life. But, but when she said that... <laughs> Um, it still makes me emotional because, because what I did was, was the inner child work. That's what I did. That's what I started. It's not something I just did and then I dropped it and now it's all better and everything's going to be peaches and cream from here on out. But as soon as I could acknowledge and hold space for and cry for and get mad for and and express emotion for my inner children my other relationships started to blossom and of course it started with the one closest to home of course because my, my best friend your best friend should be the person who's already closest to you right so like of course it started there and we were able to start having these discussions not just about deeper things i mean because her and i had already we've already <laughs> Before this, we're having discussions about, you know, astrology and the universe and the spirituality. But, like, to really, to really be able to trust that there is nothing I could tell her or do or say that she would ever judge me for. Um, and to be able to give her, by, by healing my inner child, I gave her inner child a place to be safe too. That's why I'm crying. <laughs> because a part of her, her inner, one of her inner children has been told at some point that what she was saying is wrong and she shouldn't have that opinion and when she has a certain opinion or wants to give certain advice 
then people will be mad. One of her inner children was taught this. But her inner child couldn't go there with my inner child until we were both healing that part of ourselves. And so when people come to me and they're like, I don't have, you know, sure, I have my best friend, and but I can't really talk to her either. And I have my partner, but I can't really talk to them. A lot of the times, nine times, <clears throat> excuse me, nine times out of ten, I am like, okay. This seems like there's some unconscious, subconscious behavior, which means there's a part of ourselves that we haven't acknowledged and given space to yet. And the reason you can't hold space for that other person and they can't hold space for you is because you both haven't, you both can't go there. You both can't go there. And sometimes the person really can't go there yet with you. And that's hard. And absolutely, we're going to have a whole episode about like setting boundaries and how hard that can be for sure. <laughs> but um, other times, we really are the ones who are responsible for not holding ourselves back from experiencing the intimacy. It is the trauma might be what's appearing to keep you stuck but what's actually keeping you stuck is your your need to make it right we can't make it right we can't change we can't go back and change time in this world in this reality we can't do it okay but we what we do get to do is forgive and accept and love ourselves and so <clears throat> Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whew, thanks for going there with me, you guys. Um, so that's why it matters. That is why you get to go in there and heal all those children. Because, oh my God, the freedom that you will start to experience in, in all of your other relationships will just be so relieving it's so relieving when you don't feel like you have to be a certain way anymore or when you don't feel like you have to put on a certain front anymore when you can just be with another human being but a lot of that has to do with being really really comfortable in acknowledging our inner child and our inner children uh okay <laughs> So, what do we do about it? Thanks for, thanks for t going there with me, you guys. Um, <clears throat> well, like I said, we're not going to do anything about it permanently, right? But there is a lot that we can do to start initiating the healing. I love journaling. Um... You know, actually the most effective thing for me, and this was not like, I had only been med med meditating for maybe um, two months before I ever did my first inner child meditation. So uh, for sure, there's some really great guided inner child meditations. In fact, I'm going to put them in the show notes. Um, that way you guys don't have to hunt them down. I'm just going to post them in the show notes. They're some of my favorites and I go back to them still. Um, there's also one that I do, uh, that's 
meeting all these different versions of yourself throughout your lifetime. Uh, and that one's pretty great too, if you start to get into like working on some future self stuff. Um, so again, I'll post those couple of meditations in the show notes, but really meditations have been one of the most effective things for me to do. And then to go into journaling after a meditation, phenomenal, because I can really be in that space and sit and sit with with whichever version of baby does I'm sitting with that day. Um, dance, because I grew up dancing. That's something that really brings me a lot of childlike joy. Um, and so even though I don't perform as much anymore, uh, <clears throat> I still dance pretty much every day um, in my room, in the bathroom, down the street. <laughs> um, I still very much use that as a way of expressing um, the emotion. Uh, it's just one of my favorite ways for sure. And, and I want to remind you guys to have grace with yourselves. And remember, you don't have to be a good dancer to dance. <laughs> you don't have to record it and have anybody see it. You don't have to share it with the world. You don't have to post it on Instagram like I do. Um, you can just dance and look like a fool and feel like a fool, but it's so much better if you just did it anyways, than if you never did it and never allowed yourself that opportunity to opportunity to tee, 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 tee. <laughs> opportunity to express uh express your feelings in that way it really is just so healing and, and it's such a cool modality um especially to not have to use your words uh to just be to just be um and then another one is actually, this is one of my favorite exercises, uh, is taking a picture of yourself as a child. And you can put it on your altar if you have one. Um, you can put it somewhere on your desk, like if you work from home or have a desk at your office. Um, just anywhere that you'll see it frequently. It doesn't have to be every day, but frequently. Um, right now is really cool because I'm living with my parents. So... My mom has a bunch of pictures of us kids all over the house. Um, we are her pride and joy. And um, I get to walk past several pictures of myself at different ages every day. And that's been really cool for me uh, to just like look at, look at all those parts of my, of my inner children, my little tribe of children and be like, wow, look at us, you guys. Um... And just talking to myself, yeah, just talking to my myself, my child, and you know what what did I need to hear that day that the picture was taken? What did I need to hear later on? Maybe what do I need to hear today to to help me forgive, accept, and love that part of myself a little bit more? And when you do, you can then do so. You know, it's just a ripple effect into your other relationships. And that creates, that gives us that level of intimacy that we're searching for. Um, you know, they, I'm going to leave us with this. I promise we're going to wrap this up soon. This was a long episode, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Um, <clears throat> but they, they, I think it was Stanford. I was reading a study. They they did a little, it was cute. They do these random little studies sometimes. This was like a year or two ago. So I'd have to go back and find the email. But um, 
they did a study where they talk about intimacy and people's number one, what they think influences intimacy, like by people, I just mean the general collective. So like people just like you and I voted um, and who knows what their options were. But anyways, they think that the number, the general collective believes that the number one, the number one influence on intimacy is um common interests and or cultural connection so if you are from the same culture and or have a lot of the same common interests then you are more likely to be intimate and and be able to be compatible in that intimacy but in my work as a healer <laughs> and as a coach and like working with real life people in my clients, I can tell you that actually what's keeping you from being able to have these really fulfilling relationships and a really fulfilling life and not just surviving but thriving is you not being able to forgive, accept, and love all those different parts of yourself. It really is yourself. But it's not like you're just being dumb holding yourself back. <laughs> it's just a little more complicated now because we're not just kids anymore. So I wanted to leave you guys with that. And, and as a little reminder, again, of like, have that grace with yourself. Okay, remember to keep that grace and have that grace with yourself. Oh, wow. What? A long, amazing, emotional episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, you guys, Glow Getters. I missed you so much. I miss talking to you. Thanks for putting up with my water breaks. Um, like I said, I'll have all of that stuff in the show notes as well as my Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And until next episode, I hope you guys all have the best freaking days of your lives. See you later. Bye.